0: So
1: we have a very, very special episode of Cardslingers Coast to Coast today. Um, We usually do not have on guests because we know that three co-hosts that are all fire signs are a lot for people. I mean, I know you guys love the snark. And you know, you know how we roll and yeah. But today on our episode, we have Jamie and myself interviewing the wonderful, the rapturous,
0: the one and only,
1: the one and only Teresa Reed, a.k.a. the Tarot Lady, Um, and I I figured I should introduce her because, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now in the tarot community would not have happened had I not been introduced to Teresa back in 2011. Can you freaking believe that? Probably earlier than that, but that's when I got onto Teresa's radar So, and the Tarot Apprentice Contest. So, you know, I knew about her first. She did not know about me, but once she knew about me...
0: Uh oh! And that's how. Yeah. Uh, Yep. She's got her fingers doing the whole, you know, like the little looking. My eyes are
1: on you. So, um, so yeah, I've worked in some way, shape, or form with Teresa since 2011, Um, and you know, if you get on Teresa's radar, she's going to push you. She's going to assign you homework. I mean, I'm fully expecting that to be happening this episode. Like, there is going to be homework for our listeners guaranteed
2: so welcome to the card slingers Teresa reed yay Yay. i'm so happy to be here first of all i love hillary perry so hard and she is such a bright young thing and always an honor to be in her orbit and i love jamie elford i love jamie and i love melissa melissa sending you that love so i'm just happy to be hanging out with some of my favorite tarot people
1: yeah, and we talk so much about um, the origins of the Card Slingers Coast to Coast podcast as well, because without you, the three of us would not have gotten together because we talk a little bit about the origins in like earlier episodes of the podcast, maybe like the first true yeah. episode of the podcast where we talk about how we all three of us met officially um, during the soulful proprietorship. Uh, retreat that you did um, back in oh my goodness was that 2014 Teresa 2015? a long time ago I don't it remember oh, yeah. I can't
0: believe that's almost been 10 years
1: I know so like Jamie was. and I knew yeah. Jamie and I knew each other through like going to read your studio before that but we hadn't met Melissa and then Melissa was telling me after the retreat that she was just like I told myself either I was going to you know, really do this tarot thing or walk away from tarot entirely. And she allowed that retreat to kind of inform her about what she was going to do, which path she was going
2: to take. And it's just like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> so- and look at her with all the books she's done since then. She's done, I mean, she's really put some amazing contributions out there mm-hmm. for the tarot world. And Jamie, you have too with your book. And I mean, and Hillary, you've got books, decks, you've got stuff coming out too. So, um hopefully that sparked a fire in all three of you and i love that yeah
0: it really did i mean like i mean like like hillary said i had known hillary from reader studio i knew you at reader studio on like day two i mean i i saw you and i knew her i'm like oh gosh that's Teresa reed the terror lady and then you sat next to me at the table and we're like we're gonna be partners we're gonna win a first cupcake from barbara moore up there and i was like yes ma'am you know we did everything that we were supposed to and we won that first chocolate cupcake and holy cow that was so tasty but ever (laughs) since then you know with you on my radar I I really took everything you said to heart like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about again in these episodes like the boundaries always go back to the boundaries you're the best person that I know with boundaries both permeable and and you know strict you know guarded and it's taught you have taught me a lot about you know like how to set up my own boundaries for work, for readings, and even personally. And of course, your when we learned your formulary at the sole for proprietorship, that helped us be able to you know create all the the space and the time and the money for readings that we want, or being able to chase our expectations of what we wanted. And then you know we we talked about some of that, including our um, stuff earlier this year with our what to charge formulas.
2: We'll because
0: you know you were the one that really drove it home that it is all about money first. So yeah. you mm-hmm. ha- are one. You are the first in our mentorship series, um, as we talked about earlier this year. Um, this episode is being recorded in 2022, but might be released in 2023, where we're going to talk about our beloved mentors and. The fact that you're our first one, we're just, we're excited. We're so grateful. We've got some audience members who are just like fangirling. It's, it's amazing. And one of the things I liked, you know, going back to your mentorship post on your website, there was a quote that hit me, you know, a couple of paragraphs. We must never take our elders, teachers, and mentors for granted. They deserve the ultimate respect for passing down their experience and wisdom to be in the presence of greatness and knowledge is a gift when that can be taken away in a blink of an eye so today thank the teachers mentors and wise elders in your life show your gratitude for what they are what they are giving you honor them now while they're still here and i think this episode and the following ones where we talk to some of our other people that we consider mentors is going to be big because we know you're not always going to be reading for people doing astrology, teaching or writing. And so we just kind of wanted to talk to you today about you, you know, your maybe your origin stories, your superpowers, stuff like that. Like where where do you think tarot's going and you know like what do you think tarot professionals need to know today? Just because like you said in that quote, there's going to be a time where Hillary Melissa, and I might grieve you know the the disappearance of Teresa in the uh, sphere or even in our lives, but that's not going to happen ever, really
2: well, I hope not but but you know things things change, people change, and also we have to remember uh, there are a lot of people getting aged out, they're retiring. I'm heading towards retirement. There are people also who are right now struggling with illness, uh, passing on. a lot of the mentors are you know, struggling with health or other, or maybe they just want to not do it anymore. And one of the things that we have to be really, really cognizant of is that they're not going to be here forever. And if there is somebody that you want to learn from, um, you need to study with them. I'm so grateful that I've gotten to take classes with Ruthanna Wald-Amberstone, who are like my number one favorite mentors. Uh, and also Ruth, uh, uh, Rachel Pollack and Mary Kay Greer. I've gotten to study with the greats. I mean, that is something that I treasure, the time I spent with these people. And again, time is fleeting. And I, I always think when people hesitate, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to sign up for that class right now. I'm like, you don't know. So for me, if I see somebody who's teaching something I'm interested in, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to buy the book. I'm going to support them. Because they may not be here forever and their knowledge will live on, but they're not going to be here. Your teachers, your mentors are so, so important. I mean, I even think back to the teachers I had in grade school that were really important to me. My art teacher, Miss Leslie, who really made me believe in my creativity. Mr. Holty, who loved me, who loved my math brain because I had a good brain for math. Mr. McCabe, the social studies teacher who taught me I might be a pretty good drug dealer if I decided to go that route that's a weird lesson, but, <laughs> you know, Oh my, my god, that's all, amazing. Oh my God. That was like this weird class in social studies. I'll have to tell you about that. But, you know, I look back at the teachers in my life, the mentors, the people who've meant something to me. And I'm like, you got to treasure those people. You have to treasure them. They're precious, mm-hmm. especially as they get older. So here's the story about my career as the drug dealer. So Mr. <laughs> I, was, I didn't have a career doing this, yes. but in eighth grade, so Mr. McCabe was the social studies teacher, and He wanted to teach us all about the justice system. So he did this thing every year where he would like assign students. One would be like, there would be one or two would be drug dealers. Um, Some would be uh, junkies. There would be some narcs in there. There would be cops. And then what happened basically is you had to like live the role that you got Mm. assigned to. And then eventually everybody would get arrested. And then we did a whole mock trial. So what happened for me, he says, okay, you're going to be one of the drug dealers. I'm like, what, me? You know, queen of the nerds? And so I'm like, uh, okay. And so there were a couple of us that were like assigned the drug dealer role. And the girl that, they, that he assigned a NARC was this girl that I was friendly with. And she sat down next to me and I looked at her and I said, you're the NARC. And she goes, I'm not the NARC. I'm not the NARC. I'm like, you're the NARC. I'm not going to hang out with you. And some other girl came up and said, well, I'm, I'm like one of the junks though. Okay. I trust you. So I had this whole elaborate scheme. Would I would meet her by the kindergarten class and give her, we got like candy cigarettes <laughs> and M&Ms. And then I had to go back to I had to go back to the teacher and, and like keep getting more supplies. So we met outside the kindergarten room. Who the hell is going to look in kindergarten? And I would like give her her stuff. She gave me the fake money. And I go back to the teacher. He goes, you're buying more. And I'm like, Yeah. He goes, I've never had anybody buy this, this much. And because I was smart enough at that age and psychic enough to know who the narc was and to also realize you don't scatter your forces. You pick one person. You keep it small. You do it where no one's going to think of it. So what ended up happening is I didn't get busted. And he was (laughs) like, I've never had this happen in all the years that I've done this thing. So he had to assign me to be like a judge because I had nothing to do. Otherwise, I was going to sit back there like, you know, ah, I'm going to be the cocky drug like, dealer. So, Whittling your fingers and going like, I got everybody. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, a little bit of a joke that I was like, oh, you're, <laughs> you're training me to be a criminal, Mr. McCabe. You know, but anyhow, I got to play judge and that was great fun. I loved playing the judge role. Of course I did. I'm a Libra rising. Of course, I love the judge role. So, you know, that that, but that was a teacher. I, I treasure that memory. I treasure the teacher. I, I learned so much about the judicial system from that class. And I think, I mean, I even wanted to be a lawyer at one point because I was so in, inspired by that class. So, you know, our teachers and mentors, that's how we have to, they all leave their imprint on us. Every one of us, even the teachers we learn from who are bad teachers, you never forget those lessons either. I even honor mm. those ones. They're important.
1: Where, where's Libra? I want to know where Libra is in your chart because like I have Libra. I think my, my Saturn is in Libra if I'm remembering correctly. And I also wanted to be a lawyer when I was younger. Uh, I also did mock trial and I was called like a Philadelphia lawyer. And at that time I thought it was a
2: compliment. It is not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But I, I have not. a Libra rising and so many Libra risings go into law. And the reason why is Libra Risings love to argue. And I really do love a good life. I don't like to fight. Let me make sure I make this distinction here. I don't like to fight. My husband and I never fight. My kids and I rarely get into an argument. I don't like that, but I love a debate. I love a debate and I like it when I know I'm right. And I can come in there and hammer. I'm very good at that. And so, of course, I wanted to be that. And for me, I'm very much about justice. And my goal was to be an anti-corporate lawyer. I wanted to be for labor. Labor and unions are super important to me. Mm. Uh, I'm a huge believer in unions, the working man, the working people, the blue-collar people. That's what I wanted to be. And then, of course, my path took many different turns. And, well, here I am but i still am all about justice. i talk about voting crap all the time. people get sick of hearing about it. but i'm like you better vote, you better vote, you better vote. you know, i'm all about it.
0: it's true though. it's really true. like even going back to you being a good drug dealer how you were saying that nobody's nobody's going to, you know, hand out the the, you know, the the mock cigarettes and all that stuff at kindergarten. That's you awesome. you you apply some of that, you know, child or, you know, logic even now because it's like you don't you don't sell readings to your peers you mm-hmm. sell them in all these other spaces you go and you find one space to tackle onto and that's where you direct your energy to. It's like one of the reasons why I stopped selling my readings in the Carter Mancer magazine was because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to read for the readers. Instead, uh-huh. I started selling like my creative, you know, editing or writing or ideation type stuff for people. So, you know, even, even back then, nuggets of knowledge and that's in that little story carried you through even to now as what you do.
2: I never sold to other readers because of like they already know how to read their own cards. You know, so usually when I was uh, marketing my own self, I know exactly what I'm good at. I'm really good at dealing with business. I've got a business brain, a bizarre business brain. I'm really, really good at dealing with people in crises, particularly if they're dealing with grief. I'm extremely good at that. If you are going through grief, I'm I'm the one by your side. If you're dealing with something sticky that requires strategy, that's my husband always says, if I go through a zombie apocalypse, you're the only person you'd be the only reader I'd ever have by my side. Because that's the stuff I'm good at. What I'm not good at, is, I shouldn't say it's not stuff I'm good at, I really, really don't have a lot of patience for readings about exes. That's where I draw the line. Because, but this mm-hmm. also has to do with my personality. Because I'm one of those people, I'm like, done and done. If I dump you, you're <clears throat> dumped. There's no question about we're never getting back. You're done. You're dumped. It's over. Mm-hmm. And I dated a guy once and said, you're the coldest person I've ever dated. It's like, you're not even giving me a chance. You're just like, it's done. I'm like, because it's done. I don't go back. I never go back to a relationship. Once we've cut the cord, it's rare that I will allow someone back into my life, especially with dudes. No offense against the men right here. But when it comes to my love life, I'm super, super cut and dried about that. It's like either you're in, like Heidi Klum says, or you're out. And there's, (laughs) it's straightforward and it's not because of anything negative or cold or anything. I'm super deep, super loyal, super passionate. But if you betray me, you're just done. I don't have time for that. I don't have time. Why would I moan over some dude when there's billions of dudes in the world? Why? Yep. I mean, I never think like a scarcity mentality. This is the only guy. It's like, oh my God, there's a million guys. I mean, I have not met Jason Momoa yet. I hear he's single. (laughs) See, so, I think so that positive. could be something
0: that's, that's something that's going to come up in your future. We, we got to put, right. put that right now is that and you're going to have that.
2: Yeah. And I also want, I also want to re, reiterate, if someone's going through a divorce, I'm great. That's crisis. But if you're moaning about getting back with an ex, I'm going to be the person who's not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to be yeah. it because even if the cards show, it's going to come back. Once you come back, when you have gone through a nasty split, you have to get a lot of therapy to get it on track. People don't want to hear it. They want to a fantasy ending and i'm not the reader who's going to give you a fantasy i'm very realistic and i want to help you and i want you to heal and not be making decisions that are harmful to you and oftentimes when we hang on to the past it's harmful so those are readings i don't and i never enjoyed doing those types of readings ever 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 so yeah get that and it sounds like that
0: you know as you're talking, again, going back to, you know, the threads of justice and your Libra-ness, I can see that coming into your tarot career where you're trying to, I mean, you're not going to tell everybody a happy ending, but, you know, you do have that overriding themes of justice and, and wanting.
2: It's always justice. It's always healing. It's always about, here's another thing with libra rising, libra rising wants to fix things. We want things to be fixed and healed and happy and harmony and balance. It seemed like when I'm teaching people, I'm not going to teach you, this is like black and white. It's like, look, this is all the gray areas. you got to learn all these other things, because life is never just one note. But as a reader, you know, it's our responsibility to heal. It's our responsibility to give people good guidance. It's not a respon- It's not our thing to like, give them just a doom and gloom future either. Look, if something isn't going to work out, it's like, okay, it looks like Teresa and uh, Jason Momoa, it's not going to happen. But hey, Let's look at other options. Maybe Jamie Lannister's available. Hey, God. you know, you got to think like that. Is it well, yeah. Jamie Lannister is my number one. You know that, Hillary. I don't know. over him. here shaking her head. I so. don't even <laughs> call him his real name. I call him my Jamie. My trademark. Jamie. It's my my jam. Jamie yep. trademark. That is my guy. <laughs> Hands off. Hands
1: you want to piss her off? Go for my Jamie. Yeah, Jamie. Well, that's
0: don't
2: do Don't not touch, touch him. Jamie.
0: Uh, so, and of course, yeah. I see my Jamie, and I'm just gonna always think it's me because it's, you know, as a Leo, well, you know, software. Sure, I'm just like, you
2: too. <laughs> of course, you know, of course, you know, Jamie. I've always got my soft spot for you forever. Yeah, ever since our cupcake, our cupcake winning Oh god.
0: <laughs> I still have those pictures. Those are <laughs> oh, some my of god. my treasure, you know, like we talk about mentors and everything and pictures and when we lost George all those years ago, oh. I, I, didn't keep, I didn't keep a picture of him. And then Melissa found one of him and I. And that, you know, nowadays, like you said, we got to thank everybody. I tell everybody yes. that means something in my life. I love them. So all I know is that I will treasure those pictures. I will treasure that moment. The honor of, oh my God, Teresa partnered with me. And then, you know, that spread that we created that year, yep. I've refined and rehomed and I still use it. And yeah, so, It's a great
2: spread. Yeah. And George Curry, you know, rest in peace was such an amazing, such an amazing tarot reader and kind heart. And again, all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. And yeah. we've got to remember that. We don't know somebody could be gone at the flash of a, an eye and you don't even know it. And suddenly you wake up and they're gone. You gotta, gotta really honor those mentors. George was such a sweetheart. I, I was so sad and devastated.
0: In my in my tarot family tree, it's like you're kind of like a sister or like the the you know sister auntie type thing where you're closer to me in range. And George was my uncle. You know, he oh. was Uncle George because he uh-huh. was you know like he would be like you gotta you gotta ping me when you get home, kiddo. And I'm like, I yeah, will. you know, just
2: nothing but a little sweetheart, just a sweetheart. There's a lot of good eggs in this industry. And again, we're getting older now. And then there's a younger generation that's coming mm-hmm. up. And now they've got to like start also stepping up into those roles. And that is really, really important. And so that means for the younger generation, the up and coming generation, you've got to really start taking it seriously. I see too many. Here's the one thing I want to say about, and, it, and this is not a diss. You know, I love you. I love young people. But a lot of them are so concerned with their branding and not honing their craft. And that's a little horrifying for me. I mean, even when I come, I mean, I, I'll never forget too. There was an astrologer got interviewed in a major newspaper, a very young astrologer, and this is someone who's got a flashy this and that. They didn't know what an ephemeris was. I almost had a heart attack when I read that post. And it's like you are studying astrology, you're out there making money, and you don't know what an ephemeris is. If I, I mean that just like ah. I think there's a lot of people who are under the impression that you can learn astrology and tarot really easily and take like a six week course and suddenly you're out there and you're charging the public. It's like, first of all, there's a lot to learn. Second of all, reading for yourself and your friends is much different than reading for the public. And you've got to learn that. You've got to learn that from practice. You've got to learn that under the guise of a good teacher who's going to help you to avoid the pitfalls because there's so much stuff that comes with this work. You can do so much damage. And I've cleaned up so Mm -hmm. many. Messes from terrible, terrible readings, well meaning readers that have done stuff that have been very, very harmful. And I've had to go in there and say, okay, let's clean this up. And I don't want to have that responsibility. And how do we avoid that happening? You've got to keep learning your craft. And listen, I've been studying tarot and astrology for over 40 years. I still take classes. I still read books. I want different perspectives. I don't want to be so high on my own supply that I think I know it all. This is why, again, learning from your mentors is important. And ongoing education is important. It is never one and done. There is a lifetime that goes into it. And there is a big difference on what separates the readers from the readers. And the readers who are really into it are the ones that keep learning and are never too, um, you know, big to learn. And um, they're always in practice. They're always in practice. You know, I do a card of the day. And sometimes people are like, oh, they're so elementary. I'm like, it keeps your cards, your chops sharp. You're doing it every day. You're putting it out there in the public eye. That's going to keep you sharp. That's going to keep you sharp as hell. Just doing it by yourself. No, you're not going to get sharp. You put it out there where you get criticized. Now see how it feels. Now you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. I love that card of the day practice. That's like one of my favorite things to do.
1: And one of my favorite things to recommend to people who are Mm -hmm. learning the tarot, it's just like, you need to put a little bit of skin in the game. You need to honor it with some time and it doesn't have to be long and involved. It could be five minutes in the morning and then five minutes in the evening to look over your notes from the morning and be like, okay, like how did this, how did this card's energy play out? Or did I ask a specific question saying like, how is this meeting going to go did I keep it more general what worked best for me but like I love that you're saying about card of the day because there are some readers that are just like oh I don't do card of the day because it's very elementary and it's very this and it's very and it's just like keep it simple stupid you know like yeah. let's not be like I hate that concept of you know I'm the expert now And it's just like that cultivation of beginner's mind is something that uh-huh. you instilled in me very early on when we were working together in our year-long you know, apprenticeship. And, and it was just like, and I keep on coming back to that lesson of beginner's mind. And it's just like, yes, you can be an expert, but also if you don't have that openness of beginner's mind, then you can, you can do more damage very,
2: very quickly. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you too, I, I I've taught yoga for many years. COVID killed my yoga studio, which is such a bummer. And I had a very specialized yoga studio that I only worked with people who, you know, were self-conscious, didn't want to be in the studio. Most of my students were injured. They were, they had chronic illnesses. They had a lot of reasons for not wanting to be in a regular studio. And they were with me for the entire, like 20 years that I taught yoga until COVID came along. But I've gone to studios and this is why I started a studio in the first place. Everybody's wants to do crow everybody's like dying to do curl and they're doing curl before they're ready they don't know all the foundational stuff and i'm like you still got to come back to that foundational stuff you got to come back to that mm-hmm. because even the fancy poses it's all based on the foundation and there's so many people they want to advance this advance that and i'm going to be like you know uh an expert before i'm really ready and it's like you don't even have the foundation down you've got to go back to the foundation and we always have to Keep humility around us, because once you start going and you're doing readings from ego, you're going to start doing a whole lot of damage. And I've seen that many, many times. Your ego's got to be out. It's not about you and your power. It's all about empowering the client. And if you're not bettering yourself and honing your skills and learning, you're doing a disservice to your client, period. Um, Teresa, I really want to
1: like touch on this, this difference between foundational and then intuitive readings, because you have, I mean, like how, how many books do you have on the market now? Like I've lost
2: track. (laughs) Many, many, many books, eight books. And I'm working on book number nine. Now, some of the books are with tarot decks. So they're, they're still books, but they're books. And I'm working on nine. I've got a top secret project. Also, I'm working on kind of, I'm waiting on stuff. And then another project now that is just starting to bubble up. So I've got a lot going on with the writing. I love to write. Foundation is always important. And here's the thing with tarot reading. And this is this is where the intuitive tarot readers do you all a huge disservice. And this gets me angry. They're like, well, just read whatever you see in the card. And that's <laughs> stupid. That is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Because let me tell you something. It's kind of like that astrologer who doesn't know what an ephemeris is. If I ask you some very basic questions about, like, let's say the Hierophant. And, and you don't know what numbers it associated with. What, what are those ram's heads all about? What's this guy doing? What do the mountains symbolize? What is the emperor all about? And you can't give me the foundational thing if you're just saying, oh, I see this old guy with a beard and he's coming into your life. I mean, ugh. so no, I don't, like, I don't like that. And I am an intuitive reader. But here's the deal with intuition, with tarot and with astrology for that matter foundation is important you need a good tarot education same with astrology you need to learn all those foundational things I don't want anybody being a tarot or astrology dum-dum on my watch you need to know that stuff that stuff is there the foundations and rules are there for a reason and it's kind of like building a house okay you have the foundation of your house and your house rests on that And the house needs the foundation in order to be solid or it sinks into the ground. And so the foundational knowledge is very much like that. It is supporting the house. And your intuition is the interior designer that comes in and says, well, this is how it all goes together. And your intuition works better if you have a foundation. To just do it without intuition, the problem then is you have nothing solid to go on. And it starts really being a lot of BS. I've seen people just making stuff up and I'm like, now, how'd you get that? How'd you get that? Where's the math? your where's work. Your, where's your homework <laughs> behind us? I want to see the math behind how you re- reach that equation. But then you also have people, they'll learn the foundation, they don't trust their intuition, and now you've got a dry rote reading too. It's like, oh, it sounds like you're reading out of a book. A good reader knows that foundation, but they also, they have their own voice, their own way of decorating it. And it all comes from t- trusting and honing The intuition, which also is a muscle that needs to be exercised. So you need to do both. You want to be a good reader? And that goes for astrology, too. You've got to learn the foundation, and then you find your flourishes. You find your voice. Because none of us sound the same. I mean, Jamie, you and I don't read the same. No, we don't. Hillary and I have some similarities, but we don't read the same. You know, we don't read the same because we're picking up on different things. And that requires learning. And it Mm -hmm. goes back to
0: even like the writing process, like listening to you about like the building the house, writing also has its foundations, especially, you know, since we write in English, I'm going to use English um, or American English as the standard here. You got to learn subject predicate. You got to learn how to build a good sentence. You got to learn how to kind of bury your language, diction, et cetera. And when you, you know, when you get all that stuff, or you understand kind of how to build a good story from beginning to end, beginning, middle, and end, then you can decorate it. Then you can break the rules. Then you can, yep. you know, interpret the, the story however you want.
2: Yep, but you got to get that foundation right. And you got to revisit that foundation all the time. All the, oh, excuse me, all the time. You know, every once in a while, too, I run into these tarot readers, no offense, you know who you are, who says, ah another beginner's book and i'm like who cares why are you getting down on that it's still going to give me a different perspective um and beginner's books do sell really well because a lot of people want again the foundational knowledge so you know there are some people with a real attitude about that i'm like you need to leave those beginner's books alone it's not your problem maybe you should read it you might learn something and beginner's mm-hmm. books are all about perspective. Like you're saying, you know, it's, it's,
0: you know, I, I haven't actually, even though I've done a lot of deck stuff, so you can look at all the ways that I've interpreted deck worlds as, you know, a foundation or different foundations, but these beginner books that have the meanings, that's one person at that moment's foundation process.
2: Yep. It's always interesting. That was terrifying.
1: Me. That was terrifying for me when I wrote my, wrote my book that should be out by now. Um, timing. Yeah, that's whiny, right? when is that coming? That's November. So okay. by the time you're hearing this, it should be out and available. And also, like the whole American English versus British English, I'm just like, oh yeah, I had to deal with that too because it is a British publisher. But like that, that concept of having that responsibility of or hear, feeling that responsibility of possibly being the first book, the first tarot book for someone. And having those meanings that I was ascribing to it in that moment that I was writing it, like that almost sunk me. And I was just like, I'm glad that I have this contract and this deadline. Otherwise, I am going to continue to linger on this. And at a certain point, you just have to like write it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's just like knowing the rules before you can break them. And also Mm -hmm. keeping in mind, like whatever guidebook was written, this might have been written 50 years ago. Exactly. You know, like you have to keep in mind that like tarot is going to evolve with us.
2: Tarot will always continue to evolve. I had to turn my phone off. My kids are going to drive me nuts otherwise. Tarot is always <laughs> going to continue to evolve. The field is going to evolve. Uh different perspectives are going to evolve. I was just reading a book um, and I'm writing the foreword for it. It's from um Meg Jones Wall. It's called Finding the Fool. It's so good. It's so flipping good. But again, it's a different perspective. And mm-hmm. I love her perspective. i like, damn, I'm learning a lot. You know, I'm like soaking the stuff in. This is a good book. Um, and it just shows that tarot is still evolving. We're evolving as readers. So I'm always nosy to see where this is going to go.
0: What do you think, which out of your books that you've written, would you recommend as your foundation book, either in tarot or astrology or both?
2: Okay, with tarot, you absolutely want to have tarot, no questions asked. Because it's a manual and it's got a ton of exercises. That's really like my teaching manual is what that is, more or less. And for astrology, you want to start out with astrology for real life and no BS guide for the astro-curious. Those are the ones that are going to give you the foundation. And then my newest book, Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot, that one is about applied tarot and astrology. It's, I still cover some of the basics in there. But this is about applying it and actually doing something with it. Because, you know, with astrology and tarot, it's not just like, I'm sitting down, well, here's your future, and there you go. Well, what are we going to do with that? How do we work with the energy? It's all energy. How do we work with it? I see John in the chat says, I'm reading that one now. Yay! Yay. I hope you like it, John. I also see Amanda put a question there. I just opened up the chat. I'm curious how the desire for justice is coming to play during your tarot career. Well, that's really easy. It's because again, I want everything to be fixed. I want everything to be beautiful and harmonious. And I want, I was just saying on a podcast yesterday, they asked me if you could have a statement that you put on a billboard, what would it be? And the statement is, I want you to succeed because really frankly, I want everyone to make it. That's really what it is. I want everyone to have a fair shot. I want everyone to have a good life. And so that's justice. But anyhow, back to the question I was just noticing in the chat. Yeah. So those Mm -hmm. are the books I recommend that you start with. And also mastering um, terrenal questions asked is is about uh, intuitive reading. So the book has the foundation, but also some intuitive exercises so that you really learn to read from that perspective. There's different Mm -hmm. kinds of readers out there, by the way, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some readers that they have a formula, like they use a essential dignities or whatnot. Uh, But I'm an intuitive reader. And so the intuition to me is just as important as that foundation.
0: Mm.
1: Thank you so much for the answering that question about the foundation and also intuitive reading and that you just do describe yourself as an intuitive reader, but yet there has to be that foundation because, like, mm-hmm. I keep on looking on a search, certain social media platform where people are providing cards or readings, and it's just like this reading is for you, and I'm just like, where the hell are you getting like your ex loves you or whatever from the Eight of Cups? Like, please, there, like it's show always, your work. It's like, always, everything could not exes. be everything. Right. It's It's just like every card does not mean everything, you know, like otherwise we wouldn't have 78 cards of the tarot Mm -hmm. if every card means everything.
0: I kind of want to keep that dump him image of the cards that somebody made where they they (laughs) lay out just random cards and it says spells out dump him. Because even though a a lot of my readings aren't necessarily relationship readings, when I get the relationship readings and they want to talk about their ex, I want to just show them that image and say look, there's a reason you dumped her. or There's a reason they dumped you. It wasn't working at that time. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what can we do to help you move forward against that? Right.
2: And Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are the exception, not the rule. I just got to also add that. Mm-hmm. People yes. are getting excited about them. But it's I look like 1%, at, 1%, of, 1% lot, right? <laughs> yep. And a lot of those really popular readers over on that platform, they're always talking about exes. And what they're doing is they're preying on vulnerable people. They're getting them really thinking that this is going to work out and that cheating ex is going to suddenly turn around and they're going to become Ben Affleck and sweep you off your feet. And you're living the JLO life. And it's like, no, that's not how it's going to work. That's a rare, that's a rare occurrence. Have I ever seen it in readings? Absolutely. But it's rare. It really is. And let me tell you this. A lot of times when you get back with the ex, you go right back to the same problems you had before. Now you've got to evolve beyond it. You want to get back with your ex? Well, you two need to figure out why the hell you had problems in the first place. And let's fix that. Let's get into therapy. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, now we're going off on a different rabbit hole. Oh, you, know, you no, bring that up. Hillary, it's no, because but you brought it, that up. Ah. It's fine. I mean, like,
0: again, you know, I mean, this is why our our podcast, I mean, we do kind of bend and twist. But again, you know, these, these you know, for professional readers that are out there or up and coming readers. Listen to Teresa, listen to what we have to say. I mean, I love that you said, Let's fit, you know, for, you know, the exes that maybe want to get together, let's figure out what went wrong and let's fix it. Not you fix it, not they fix it. It's us. It's that exactly both of us need to do it. And that's what people forget. They're like, you know, let let them fix it for me.
1: So well, isn't, isn't that the very definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting yep. a different outcome. It's just like, if, mm-hmm. if you want this to change, like you have to change it. And I mean, like, I think this is also a really good book endorsement for Twist Your Fate. Um, because it is, it's, it's an excellent book. And it's very practical. Like, I love the fact that it's just like, at the end of the book, you have this epic exercise mm-hmm. that like, brings it all together um, with tarot, with astrology um, to really show how you can twist your fate because mm-hmm. there are some people that will go to a tarot reader expecting us to wave a magic wand. And it's just like, maybe a reading can be the catalyst for a change, but most of the time it's just like, here's the information. What are you going to do with it? How are you going yep. to take
2: responsibility for your actions? And mm-hmm. also some people too have this viewpoint and, and this is partly because of popular media and how they portray tarot. But they have this viewpoint that life just happens to them. And there mm-hmm. are things that do happen to you. Okay. And I was just saying this mm-hmm. on another podcast. You know, you can't choose, like, for example, the family you're born into. Believe me, if I had to choose, it wouldn't have been my dysfunctional family. Word. Uh, it is what it is. So Word. now what it is. Now i got to figure out how to deal with this stuff. Now I'm going to figure how to live with this family, how to get along with this family, or how to get the hell out of there, you know. So um, there are things that happen to you. There are things we can't explain, but there are a lot of things that we can work on, that we can absolutely work on. Bo says too. I love how mm-hmm. often going to therapy is mentioned. I'm a really huge heck yeah believer. I think, and, and my friend Diane Bloom, who's an amazing crystal healer, uh, this this stuck with me all these years. She goes, everyone needs therapy because everybody had a childhood. I'm like. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. yes. So therapy can be very helpful. But once again, we're going off on some kind of a tangent here. Where the hell were we going? (laughs) We're just, at this point, we're just chatting.
1: It does point out, you know, some of the differences between a reputable reader and someone that is just like, oh, I took a six-week course and now I'm going to blah.
2: Oh, that's what I was getting to. So a lot of people assume, you know, like, Well, they're going to get a reading, and we're going to lay out their entire future down to, you know, um, the color of the eyes of the person they're going to meet, how long they're going to be together, how many babies they're going to have, or cats in many cases, and, (laughs) you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not quite like that. I mean, a reading can give you a lot of information, but you can't just be sitting around then waiting for Jason Momoa to show up. It doesn't work like that. If you Let's pretend we're going to use this as grins. Let's say You get a reason. Oh, you're going to end up with Jason Momoa. Well, first of all, I know logically he lives in Hawaii. Well, now that means I've got to move it to Hawaii. Second of all, he was with Lisa Bonet. Now look at Lisa Bonet. Look at me. I got some work to do. I'm going to be hitting that peloton hard, 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 hard. You know, if I want to get with Jason Momoa, it isn't just I show up, and, or he's going to show up at my door here in the Midwest. I got some work to do. So, is the possibility there? Yeah, but you still got to do your damn work. It really
0: makes me wish that I could just reach out to, you know, Jason Momoa himself, you know, Lisa Bonet or anybody, you know. We can make it happen. Or his thing and just call them and say, you, you, yeah, you have, (laughs) I'm titling this Manifesting Jason Momoa with Teresa Reed.
2: (laughs) Well, my (laughs) next lifetime, listen, my next (laughs) lifetime, I want to be Lisa Bonet. Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa. I mean. Holy cow. What magic does this woman have? Lenny Kravitz, did you see his abs? And Jason Momoa, I mean, well, I mean, she's beautiful. She's smart. She's brilliant. But I'm like, next lifetime, Lisa Bonet. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for. I'm coming back again. I'm coming back as Lisa Bonet. Now I'm distracted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so where we're, there, where well, were
1: we again? <laughs> well, I'm just, you know,
0: let's, let's talk about, you know, you as a mentor. You know, how, how do you feel that you're such a growing um, mentor to a lot of us and people that are even, you know, younger than us, like Bo?
2: Well, it all comes back to that one thing. I want everyone to succeed. And I want to see readers out there who are good readers, who know their shit and who are not causing harm. I want to see readers have good, thriving businesses. That's one thing that I was really, really big on because I had a good business. I've got I've got really uncanny good business sense. I'm just, that's something, by the way, it's in my astrology chart. I've got uncanny good business sense. It's weird. I've worked with a lot of CEOs and business people over the years because I've got an uncanny business sense. I had one guy once that used to come to me, you would never guess that this dude would ever come to a tarot reader. And super, super successful, um, super conservative. He knows how I am politically, but he also says, Your business brain. I love it. And, you know, so um, with tarot people, I would always see tarot people struggling with business. I'm like, why are so many of these tarot readers broke? It's because they weren't running their business like a damn business. They were undercharging, they were over serving, they were letting people take advantage of them. They were doing these parties where they would work all night and not get paid what they were due, uh, Or they had janky websites. And I had a janky website when I first put it up too, believe me. Uh, they weren't marketing. There were a lot of things that I would see them doing and I'd be like, oh my God, they need help. And one of the things that was always so interesting for me is nobody was ever conscious of money and their number. And you mentioned earlier about, uh, I always say about money first. It's not like a money first, like a capitalist. It's not what I'm saying. I always tell people, you got to be aware of your number. And your number means how much money do you need to live? And how much money do you want to make? And somewhere in there is where you're going to start figuring out your sweet spot and how much you need to charge and how many clients you need to take on in order to achieve your goals so that you're living your business, not that your business is you know living it for you. And so mentoring for me, it's about helping people that be good readers, safe readers, so they're not harming clients, but also so they can have a business that's a real legit business. I mean, I know so many tarot people who don't pay taxes. They do everything under the radar. And I'm like, why are you not doing that? I mean, As I am it's a like, paper disaster. It is. Mm-hmm. You're asking for- Well, here's the thing. If you're like doing everything under the table, this is just common sense, and you're not paying taxes- now you want to get a loan for your house and you don't have any viable income, anything that anyone can see. Do you see how stupid that is? Very. You have to. And also, what if you're doing everything under the radar? Now you're 65 years old, you're going to retire? Well, you're not going to get anything for Social Security. I mean, these are things that, that people don't think about. And it's because a lot of people, and I'm, not, I'm generalizing here, but a lot of tarot people and yoga people and spiritual people, they don't want to think about money. They don't want to think about that. They just want to be, I just want to do my work, or it's a gift, or any of that nonsense. It's like, this is work. This is work. I mean, it's same like two uh, sex workers. I love sex workers. I think they're fabulous. They need to be paid a living wage. It is still work. And they should have things in place so they can have Social Security in that. I'm a huge believer in that. Sure, tarot may be a fringe career, but let's treat it like a career. Let's treat Mm -hmm. it like a business. Let's contribute to your taxes. Let's do those things so that you can be set up. I mean, I'm retiring in a couple of years. Because why? Because I've run my business like a legit business. I have a social, my social security is going to be pretty good. Uh, I also put money away. I am really super fiscally responsible. Uh, I've got a stallion in the eighth house, of course, you know, but, and, uh, but it's all about being aware how much do I want when I retire, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And that is why you got to run your business like a business. And there, to me, there's nothing worse and nothing that makes me matter than when I see a tarot person who isn't making it, who isn't thriving. And I go and look and I'm like, it's because of the way you're running your damn business. And then they don't want to listen to me. And I'm like, fine, you know, better mm-hmm. well, you know better. Meanwhile, I'm retiring in seven and a half years. Bye. I want you to succeed. (laughs) That's all my mentoring is. All's behind that. I want you to succeed. I'm not doing this to be a bitch at all. I'm not doing this to be like the tarot control freak. I'm doing it because, listen, you don't have to read like me, but you got to be a responsible reader. You don't have to run your business exactly like me, but you've got to have a responsible business. You deserve to have a good business. You deserve it. Why are there so few tarot readers that are really doing well? Why? And then again, when you try to mentor them, I get, here's the thing too. And Hillary, you know, the story, Hillary and I know the story. Um, and I'm not going to name names or point anything. I at was me, hoping, I was hoping, hoping even give the damn off. details. But Hillary, <laughs> Hillary and I've had some experiences together with other people who claim they want to run a business. They want to be a tarot pearl. Mm-hmm. But when the rubber meets the road, oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. It's hard. Everything is hard. Oh, you wouldn't even believe it. Hillary and I had some experiences together. And I'm like, the sad thing is there's a lot of people also, and this is because they take those six-week courses. They assume I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to make money. It's easy money. And they don't run it like a business. And they discover then they're hurting people. They're Mm -hmm. causing harm. They're not making money. They have people asking for refunds. And here somebody is trying to help your ass out. And you're getting mad thinking I'm like telling you what to do. Uh, and it's like, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm trying to help you. And I don't get that. So one of the most frustrating things about being a mentor, especially when it comes to business over the years, it's one of the reasons why I don't do business consulting anymore. I'm like, too many people don't want to make it. They don't want to do the work. So why am I going to bother with this? Why? And it's
0: so sad because it. I think running the business Running, running a tarot studio, so to speak, you know, again, it's business, is also helping to legitimize our profession. I know that. Yeah. You know, again, we keep talking about like, should we have you know, like a, a governing body? Should we not? And no nope. first, no governing you know, body. First, first <laughs> of, I mean, you know, I I hear you. I mean, there's there's pros and cons and all that, but first we need to legitimize the cons. What we do. We needed to legitimize what we do. There's nothing but cons
2: do. with a governing body, though. Now this True. is where we're going to get salty. As soon yeah. as we bring up the Harold certification, <laughs> now I'm going to get real salty. This is where my anarchy comes in. I'm a, I, and and by the way, I've been yeah. an anarchist since I've been 14. So, um, politically, I'm a, the type of believer. You got to take care of your your crap, and you don't need somebody like breathing down your damn neck telling you how to run your business. I don't want someone in my business, period. Mm-hmm. But run your business like a business. Here's the thing: if if you go and look under the hood of my business. You'll see all my paperwork is perfectly organized. I've got an accountant I've been with for 20 years. Sam, I love you, Sam. He's the greatest. You're not allowed to retire, Sam. I've got an attorney. I've got everything legit. I've got all everything filed. You can go in there and it's like, oh, we see what kind of corp you are. We see this. We see that. It's all done right. My taxes are paid every year. They're paid on time. I pay them quarterly. That is how you want to get legitimate as a career, as a tarot reader then you got to run your business like that. You better have all the papers. You better be doing your paperwork. You've got to show up and do all that stuff. That's how we get legit, not by some certification. Now, let's talk certification for a moment. Sure. I am very anti-certification. I will be anti-certification <laughs> till the damn day I die. And that's one thing, the mark I'm going to leave. Yep. Certification is BS. Now, first of all, if you go to a class like the Tarot School, Ruthanna and Wald are my heart you can get a certificate from learning from them. I think that's wonderful, but they're not lording it over you and coming in and telling you how to run your business. A lot of these certifications, what they wanna do is they want to have a governing body and an enforced set of ethics, and they wanna be able to get their damn nose in your business. And that's the danger that comes in with certification, that you've got somebody now that can, maybe they can take away your certification if they don't like what you're doing. What if you don't like their ethics? I think ethics are squishy. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go along. When I look at the ethics that people put out there for tarot readers, I'm like, I will never go along with this because some of it's bogus. Like, for example, you should never read for someone who's not present. Uh, okay, in theory, that's great. But if I have a 90-year-old woman sitting at my table and she wants to know about her grandkids, do you think I'm not going to do that reading? I'm going to sit down and say, yeah, your granddaughter, mm-hmm. she's got some scandalous stuff going on. Ooh, grandma, you've got to keep an eye on her. I'm not going to be the one who's going to ruin her parade because these enforce ethics. They're bogus. Mm-hmm. And and some of the people out there who are doing these certifications, look at my face. Now, people who are listening, <laughs> can't see yeah. my face. She, you're going to be doing a like, certification? Like, yeah. What makes you the right? What gives you the right to say how somebody should read and if they're good enough and qualified enough? You mm-hmm. know what? Nobody cares about that certification paper. In all the years I've been doing business, I've never had someone ask to see it in my certification. It's bogus. Certification is designed to put money in the pockets of the people who are doing the certification, and to give them a false sense of power. And now they're going to—I remember once there was someone who was trying to start a certification. I raised some hell, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to like we're going to keep a place where the clients can come and complain, and then we can have recourse. We can have recourse against the reader. Some shit like this." I'm like, "So if some client decides they don't like my reading, you're going to come and try to shut me down, take away my certification? Just try, buddy." You want to hear about the time I got into it with a screwdriver and somebody else? You'll know, you're not going to touch my damn business. So anyhow, without getting all yeah. I get very feisty as you no, can see, No, I love yeah. it. I mean, because but, again, there's a place for it. There's a yes. place for that feistiness because
1: it's important. Well, yes, you're
2: fucking because, you're fucking with people's livelihoods. The other thing is mm-hmm. I'm trying to protect the readers. It's like, don't go in for that. The people who are starting it, it is a money-making scheme and they want power, and who gives them the right? Who the hell certified them? And also, there's so many different styles of reading. I mean, Mm -hmm. if I read the way I read, and let's say Hillary comes in and she does elemental dignities, how am I going to grade that and say, oh, you're this or you're that? And oh, my God. And some of these, some of the, now here I'm going to get controversial again. By the way, most of the certifying bodies now are abandoned, that were started. And and they would have titles like, you're a grandmaster you know how embarrassing that would be for me to say, I'm a grandmaster of tarot. like the grand poobah. No, no. All of this stuff is, 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 it creates a hierarchy. It creates ego and also a governing body. You don't want that. And I know a lot of tarot readers will disagree and they want a governing body because they think that's going to make you yeah. feel legit. That piece of paper that you're getting from so-and-so, that's not what's legit. What's legit are the looks in my client's eyes when they get a reading from me. The people who come back and say, you saved my life. The people who are able to say, you've helped me. That's what's going to make me know I'm on the right track. And run your business like a damn business. You want to be legit? Let's see your paperwork. Let's start there. Mm -hmm. Not the paperwork by this so-so who wants to hand it out. And you're going to pay them a thousand bucks to get that. there
1: is a difference there is a difference between personal ethics which i think people should have if they are doing tarot readings yes so you have like a faq page or an ethics page but that is personal ethics and i think that's one of the steps to find a reader that you would work with well is look at their personal ethics do they match mine mostly then this is probably the right reader for me and then take it from there and does their personality match right yeah exactly Yeah.
2: Oh, sorry. I, I was just kidding. I would never go in. If there was a reader who says, I'm certified, by, I'm certified by Hillary Perry, I'd be like, well, I like Hillary, but I don't give a rat's butt. Can you read those cards? Are you going to help me? Do you speak my lingo? Do you speak in a way I'm going to get it? You know, I don't care. Uh, I tend to get astrology readings more than tarot readings. And some of these astrologers have their certifications. I don't give a crap about that. They never lead with it anyways. Just give me the damn reading. And that's the way readers come. When people come to a reader, they don't care about your certification. It's because, you know what? The public on some level knows it's bogus. It's just What's like high about school and
0: college. It's like high school and college. I have papers saying I graduated or I'm a, you know, I have a BA in English. But yet, that doesn't matter squat. I don't have them up behind me. I have my cover, you know, actually behind me in the screen. But, you know, it, it just,
2: it, it just just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because certification and even those degrees don't mean jack in the long run. Look, I don't have a college degree. Mm -hmm. I took like two classes in college. I'm like, number one, I'm too poor for college. Uh, And number two, this is bogus because this stuff they're giving me to do is what you give a fifth grader. So college wasn't for me. And I'm a published writer and I've got many books under my belt. I don't have a college degree. You know, so it doesn't matter. You could have all the degrees in the world and still make other decisions. And ultimately, it doesn't matter if you're not doing the work. So I don't know. A certification gets me. That's not the kind of mentorship you should be getting, okay? Just because someone's handing out certificates and they're charging you an arm and a leg doesn't mean you're going to get a good education. You're probably going to get something that's very generic that, you know, is going to make you sound like them and you want that you want to get some, te- first of all, you want to get teachers. Notice the word, teachers. You want to study with a variety of people. You want to study with somebody who is really going to give you that foundation. You might want to study with someone different for business things. If you want to go deep and philosophical, I mean, nobody better than Rachel Pollack. You want to learn mm-hmm. all about the birth cards. If you want to go super in depth on, you know, the Kabbalah, then you may want to study with the Amber Stones. You've got to look around and see different things and different people can teach you different things. Now there are sometimes people that there'll be one teacher that you stick with and that's your teacher. That's your main mentor. But you should also get other perspectives too. So uh I could go on and on about nope. the certification thing gets me so salty.
0: Well no, I love I love what you just pointed out though is how to find mentors, you know, multiples because that was going to be something I was going to ask next. What do you, you know, recommend looking in a mentor? And it's the different perspectives.
2: It's the don't different ones. You know, and there might be people who are teaching different things. Now, like a person I've taken multiple astrology classes with is Rebecca Gordon. Now, Rebecca Gordon and I have a very similar perspective on things. Bye, John. We have a similar perspective on things, but there's things she does that I don't do, like horary astrology. So I'm like, oh my God, I gotta take a class with Rebecca Gordon because she's awesome. And you know, so sometimes um, uh, sometimes there you might, they might teach something you don't know, or maybe they again, they have a different perspective. I love once in a while popping in with the amber stones because I'm always gonna walk away with something and Wald has a way of kind of like poking you too, and I love that. I love that. So, you know, there's people are going to teach different things. And so a variety of mentors is going to make you more well-rounded. Just like you should read a variety of different books. You don't want to read, well, the only book I'm ever going to read is Tarot No Questions Asked. Read that book, but let's go ahead and read 78 degrees of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Let's read a tarot inspired life by Jamie Elford. Let's grab Kitchen Table Tarot by Melissa Sinova and ooh, that new book coming out by Hillary Perry. I'm gonna read that. And I will read that by the way. Yes. Let's get all the books. Let's take all the classes. Let's continue to get readings and practice doing them. I mean, this is how you get good. And your mentors, most mentors, I will also recommend make sure it's somebody whose philosophy and personality works with you as well, because that's also going to make a difference. I mean, I took a class with this Tai Chi guy. Look at my face. <laughs> I, wanted to learn, I wanted to learn Tai Chi. This guy was super sexist. And, ooh, I had a problem with this guy. He was say, you're a smart ass, aren't you? And I'm thinking, no, you're just a douche. So I quit because he was really super disrespectful and he didn't respect my time and that's the thing you want to get me to quit your class don't respect my time this dude the class is supposed to be at 10 o'clock I'm there at 10 o'clock he shows up at 10 15 starts at 10 30 and then wants me to hang around an extra hour to, because he's late no that's not the way that's not how this works in my world so you've got to make sure the teacher their personality mm-hmm. works for you that you feel maybe aligned with their values um maybe you like their reading style or maybe they're teaching something you don't know you know so look for a lot of things but also make sure it's somebody. That you feel comfortable with, because if you feel that your teacher is disrespecting your time or treating you like garbage, you know, at some point you're going to get resentful and you're going to do like I did on the Tai Chi guy. I'm like, I'm out of here. Bye. Bye, buddy. And it has
1: to be like it has to be kind of a two way street too. where it's just like if they if they approach you and it's not a match and they say that it's not a match or they say go do X, Y and Z and then come back to me again in a year. There might be a very good reason for that, where it's just like I only work with people that have the tarot down pat like I'm not teaching if it's a mentorship situation, I'm not teaching the tarot in a mentorship situation, I'm teaching the business aspects because I feel like that's what I'm good at. That's how I approach my mentorship because I don't want to unduly influence how someone reads, you know, and I don't think I will, but at the same time, that's my way of teaching where it's just like, oh, well, we can pull a few cards to see like why you weren't getting these clients or why this client didn't get back to you or this party thing isn't working for you. But at the same time, it has to be an energetic match on both
2: sides. Absolutely, (laughs) it does. And, uh, and, you know, I've had students that I've worked with, that were really a big disappointment, a really huge disappointment. It's like, oh, I see your potential, and you're just going to biff it. And it's a really bit a bummer for me. Uh, One thing I'll say, too, if you want to get a taste for teachers, uh, the wonderful thing is we have this online world, you can kind of like suss people out that way, or you can go to a conference and take a smattering of classes with different teachers to see if there's somebody there that you jam with those are good ways also to get to know people and also if you have a teacher don't let them down there's nothing worse for a teacher or a mentor to have somebody that we're investing time and energy and we believe in you and you drop the ball Boy, that's happened to me oh you know what that feels like it's such a bummer I picked like
0: my first homework assignment to anybody who is a future potential um, mentee is I want you to write card a day, you know, pull a card, do something in a journal, you know, even, you know, if you don't have anything, I'll give you one of my, you know, composition notebooks, but do the work, 78 cards. If you want to do more, that's fine, whatever. But when you come back to me with that notebook filled, I want to see it. And I... I used to have this rule where if you didn't have that, I would still work with you. And this person never did the work. They kept asking me about stuff. And I said, you know what? You're not doing the work. I can't teach. I mean, I'm putting all this time and effort and I, you're not doing the work. So it's okay to fire on either side. If that mentor is not st- stepping up for you in the way that you need it and you've expressed
2: it, fire them. Likewise, people, we yep. have that right to let you go. Well, you know, and a teacher never wants to let their students down. We always want to get them towards the finish line. So it's really a bummer when students don't do the work, or sometimes students will turn on you. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly they get this weird attitude, like they know more, they're more powerful, or this is bogus and they don't want to learn this. Oh, this part I don't want to learn. I mean, I've had students turn on me. And let me tell you something, there is nothing more hurtful. When you're pouring your heart out, you're giving the information, suddenly they get an attitude about you, Maybe they don't like your person. Oh, who knows? Uh, I had an experience many years ago when I was um, teaching in person. And I was teaching an astrology class. It was an ongoing series. And there was a student. It started getting a little over her head. And she was all full of her ego. And then she ended up infecting another student. And they were meeting outside of class and talking crap about me. And then they would come to class. They never did their homework. And the other students were like, these two are dragging us down. Because we're here to learn. We're doing the homework. We're really trying. And I mean, it got really, really weird. And it all came down to, you are not doing your homework. You're falling behind. You're resentful. And now you think it's me. So you're going to take it out on me and talk crap and poison my well? Let me tell you so I ended up having to kick both of them out. They both got booted from the classroom. Then the class thrived. And later on, they ended up apologizing to me for all their terrible behavior. But I mean, sometimes that's a really sad thing, too. When you are teaching and you're a mentor, now you're in an authority figure position, whether you like it or not, you are. And there are some people who get a real attitude, a real, awful, crappy attitude. They're not there to learn. They're there for their ego. They're there for other reasons. And you know, they end up, they can be very toxic to the whole group if you're working with more than one person. That's a horrible experience. And Hillary and I know all about that, too.
1: Well, I, th- I just think it's so interesting, the whole concept of mentoring and menteeing and how there are some mentors that are clearly not at it for the right reasons when their students start to surpass them. And I'm just like, oh, my, oh my God. God, like this is the best feeling in the world. That it is. Is. That's an, that's another,
2: but that's another kettle of fish, because there are going to be times where students do surpass you. And that's Mm -hmm. what you want. You want to say, okay, go off, go off now. Now go off. Now you go to Rachel Pollack, you know. uh, I've done my work here. My work here is done. That's what a good mentor does. We never hold on to our students. That's not what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. I'm talking about the students who get weird and resentful uh, or they have another baggage or a reason for being there. I mean, mm, that's really hurtful. But yes, there are times where you are going to surpass your teacher and the teacher then needs to say, you're doing great. Move along, little doggie. Move along move along. It's like, here, here's your informal
0: certificate. Go find, find the next level because that's all I ever want. I mean, like as somebody who's written like a lot of stuff and been published in a lot of various things, I want to see people join where I'm at. I want to see people thrive. Like you said, thrive and succeed Mm -hmm. in whatever they do, whether it's tarot writing or tarot readings or parties or whatever, I want to see them, you know, live their joy and go beyond me. Teach yes. me. I want to be taught. Teach me.
2: You and know? I'm always looking for the next big thing. You know, I always feel like in a past life, I was a talent scout. Uh, I think uh, Meg Jones the Three-Aim Tarot is, is oh really gosh. pretty remarkable. I really love the work that she's doing. She's somebody that I love watching her grow and thrive. I think she's amazing. Uh, I love the work of Cassandra Snow. I think Cassandra is a brilliant writer. Uh, big Heart, I got the privilege of hanging out with her in Surrey, uh, in Minneapolis a couple of years ago. I mean, both of them, they just got a new book coming out. I mean, it just came out. Uh, it, it got it around here somewhere in this mess. Uh, I, there's so many up and coming readers. I'm, I'm looking at Bo Joffrey and Terrell, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. keeping my eye on him. You know, there's so many amazing people out there who are who are up and coming. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I can't wait to be that old lady sitting on the sidelines saying, oh my God, I remember them when. Look at them. Look at them go.
0: That's always fun. Like, as I'm getting grayer hairs and I'm now in that stage where I'm like, where do my dark brown hair go? It's fun when people look up to me, but it's even more fun to watch people achieve.
2: Yes, I can't wait to see where Tarot goes in the future. Oh God, I know. I just hope. People keep
0: studying. Do I have any what? I was going to say, do you have any inklings? Do you have any thoughts about where it might be going?
2: I think tarot is going to be going through a process where it's wringing some stuff out. And it's wringing some people out. I think that's what's happening right now. And, um, you know, like anything, it ebbs and flows. And tarot and astrology have had a couple of big moments in the not too dis- not too recent past. I think things are getting wrung out, though, now. They're getting wrung out. That happens every so often. And so there will be some who are still standing, and there's going to be some that go by the wayside. There's going to be some techniques that go by the wayside. Uh, I love the fact that divination came back in because that was out for a while. Um, I think that people, again, I'm going to use Meg Jones-Wall, who is using tarot for transformative work. I think that's going to be something that we want to keep our eye on in the future. Uh, I think people doing creative things with tarot, we're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, you know, but I also think, again, it's ringing out. The industry is getting wrung out. And so you're going to just see some people going <laughs> for different reasons. Some people are just going because they're going to discover this is real freaking work and it's not mm-hmm. a parlor game. And then there's people like me who are retiring. So new faces, new thoughts. I'm looking forward to new books, but I think again, it's go- It's right now it's in the middle of, it's getting wrung out a little bit. That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> and may there never be certification as a thing. Um, so Teresa, I wanted to ask you a question
1: about like, what can we do to welcome the newer generation of tarot readers besides what we've been doing already, which is educating on this podcast and trying to maintain Mm -hmm. that level of like, all are welcome
2: at our tarot table. Anything else that we could be doing? The educational part is really, really, really important. You've got to keep on there with the education being welcoming. You know, I've never been someone who's been threatened by younger people. And I know sometimes older people are, and they're very threatened because, oh my God, they're going to take my place. Yes, they are going to take your place. They are. Mm -hmm. And what are you freaking out about that? I mean, I'm not the same girl I was when I was 20. You know, people take your place and you can't be threatened by that, that, that you have to prepare them for that. And that means you've also got to get ready for your damn exit. So don't be threatened. Uh, Be welcoming. And teach, 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 and also lead by example. Don't be out there doing some really awful things like being a troll online. Uh, Let's be a little bit dignified so young people really feel inspired and they feel like they can look up to you, not like you're some mean person out there who's not welcoming. I think those are really important things. I also think it's incredibly important, and I cannot say this enough, for people who've been around the block like me to make sure representation is also really, really a big thing. I mean, if you are going to be out there now and I love seeing so many black and brown faces, so many people from the LGBTQ plus community, which back in the day you didn't see a lot of that when I was uh, doing my thing. Uh, I love seeing that representation. And I think we need to encourage that. And that means also if you're going to be on a panel where there is, if someone invites you on a panel, you need to make sure there are plenty, there's plenty of representation that it's not a whole bunch of white folks. Uh, If you are going to be also attending a conference, there needs to be representation and we need to start speaking up and saying something about that because that is super, super, super important. I don't want to be on a, a, I mean, everyone's I get invited for this and that. I'm like, eh, a little too white for me. Make sure there is representation. Because let me tell you something too, demographics, the younger people, they are the, the younger people, it is a very, very different environment than when I was young. It is a lot blacker and browner and gayer, and I think that is awesome. So let's do our part with the representation, okay? Let's stop putting the same damn old people up there. Let's do it. Let's do it right. Tarot's always been very welcoming, but a lot of times, you know, I'll see people doing these different events and stuff. And too many white faces there. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not what I want to see. Not what I want to see if I'm going to be attending an event. I want to see the reality. And the reality is it doesn't look like that anymore. It actually never did. But you know, when you're white, you tend to get that spotlight on you a lot faster. So let's change that. That's what I want to see change. It has changed. I mean, even when I used to go back to tarot conferences back in the day, A lot of like middle-aged white ladies like me. Then suddenly it got a lot blacker. And I'm like, now this is what I'm all about. And we see more people from the LGBTQ plus community really getting their due. It's about time. So let's make sure us as readers and mentors are putting that representation spotlight out there and demanding it. I mean, usually, by the way, when I usually hire um, an astrologer, like I usually almost always hire a black astrologer, almost always. Number one, I have better luck with them. And number two, you've got to put the money into these communities. You have to do it. Yes. That's how we start changing this whole thing. So not to go off on a political rant or anything, but I think that for the the future of tarot, we need to start it now. It should have started a long time ago. It's gotten better. Let's make it better. Let's make it better. Again, if you get invited to speak at a summit, you go and see who's on there first. If there's only like one black person on there. Nope. I want to see more black readers on here. I want to see more gay readers here. I want to see the trans community represented. Do that. That's what we need to do. Love that. Love it. It's important. It really is. So Teresa. we're Yes. I think we're right
0: about ready to wrap up. So first I wanted to give you the floor. Where can people find you? You know, which books do you want to go ahead and let everybody know that they should, you know, get or decks from you. And if there's any parting words you want to leave.
2: Well, thank you so much. First of all, for having me here. It's been a pleasure. And I do have to eat lunch because I'm going to be teaching a class at the top of the hour. So I've got to get fueled. Um, Anyhow, people, you can find me on my website, the That's where all the stuff happens. I teach over on Patreon. That's my main teaching hub. I do one-off classes here and there. But Patreon, uh, you'll see patreon.com forward slash the tarot lady I, I'm going to be teaching for about seven and a half more years, and then that's closing down. So if you want to learn with me, that is the best place to learn. I'm on Instagram uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is my preferred social media place at the Tarot Lady. I'm very friendly, by the way, so I don't bite. You can come and say hi. Uh, As far as books, I would say uh, my new book, Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot, is really going to show you how my tarot and astrology brain works together, and it's going to help you to give some really empowering readings for people who are feeling uncertain about their careers or about certain phases of where they are in life. So I think that is a really, really good book for folks. Of course, I want to Definitely pimp out my tarot deck, Tarot for Kids. A tarot for kids is a project I did with Kaylee Whitman, and it is a really sweet tarot deck. It's for kids or the young at heart, and it's got a lot of representation in it, and it is just such a lovely deck, and I'm really proud of that. Um, I've got a lot of things out there, but those are like the two newest things, so I certainly want people to check them out. And of course, I want to remind everybody you know, there are so many good authors. There are so many, I'm talking to, to two of them right here. Jamie Alford and Hillary Perry. Make sure you're also checking out again, all these other teachers and authors and artists and supporting them and getting behind them. And also, again, please make sure you are investing in readers from every color, every background. Let's do that. Let's do that.
0: Thank you so much for being on. So fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for being a mentor to me all these years and a friend and one of my family members because you are that important. And Aww. I just want you to know I love you.
2: Life changer. Jamie, Life yes. yeah, I Teresa. love you too. And I, I miss our, I miss our uh, yearly Portland dinners with you and me and Tracy. Yes. I mean, that just stinks that that cannot happen. And Hillary, you know, I am like right behind you. Nudging you up that hill, and I cannot wait for your book. I'm going to be your biggest advocate when that book comes out. Thank you. Know it. <laughs> As Hillary <laughs> falls
0: out of her chair and dies of awesome.
2: We're and, I, and I'm You're watching gonna, you, Beau and tara I'm yeah. watching you. you. Love you, everybody
0: that's out there. Thank you for joining yes. us, and we'll I'm watching to you talk too, to you Amanda. Later. <laughs>